people, it's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. Speaking about these times, for the first time since the pandemic started, restaurant sales eclipsed grocery sales. Now you might be asking, why are we talking about restaurant sales versus grocery sales? This is a big deal because it shows the comeback of the experience economy, which is the biggest part of the U.S. economy. There has been a greater spending on services than on retail as people rush to get out of their homes and do some of the uh, some of the activities that they weren't able to do during the Rony Rona. So think of things like going to sporting games, going to restaurants, going to concerts, going to all the things that we haven't been able to do for a long 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 time people are traveling again my sister was here the other weekend made me take her to the airport because you know she's like you live there so you're gonna drive me so go ahead and drive me to this airport and i was like i don't want to and she was like boy if you don't even play with me because i'm about to come there and i was like yes ma'am i'm gonna do what you say but anyway so yeah so that's just my first-hand experience of people getting out of their homes and starting to jump into uh doing things that they haven't been able to do for a good while this is also good news when we think about the supply chain we've been talking about it for a while now how the supply chain has been all over the place causing a lot of inflation and different kinds of products this is going to help the supply chains out as less people go out shopping and more people start spending their time or people start spending their time trying to just experience things and using their money rather than buying products to start buying experiences that will help balance things up and help the supply chain catch up with some of the demand rather than more demand being put on the supply chain. But that's just overall good news. Even in New York, they have a 70% rate of people of people getting at least one shot of the vaccine. So we are slowly, slowly, but surely coming out of this coronavirus pandemic period but at the same time there's still a lot to be due to be done on the world stage the good news is last week during the g7 summit they announced that they will be donating 1 billion vaccines the world needs about 11 billion so it's a good start of where we need to be or i won't say it's a good start it's a it's a start of where we need to be in order to get the entire world vaccinated so that's all the news on that side of things and some of the positive things that are going on in the world now for the negative things that are happening with big tech big tech is getting hit man big tech is about is getting slapped we've been talking about it for a while now just talking about the fact that big tech might need to be broken up or that there's chances of big tech being broken up we've talked about it a few times just in general of the fact we've talked about it a few times with the different lawsuits and the different things that big tech companies have been facing namely these four companies google amazon facebook and i'm missing one who am i missing who's the fang let's go fang google amazon facebook and apple i can't believe i forgot apple but these are the companies that are facing all kinds of dismantling possibilities from the lawmakers and to actually put an exclamation mark on the whole idea of big tech being hit with antitrust lawsuit and possibly being broken up congress unveiled five bills directly aiming at tech companies and you understand why just in a little bit let's go through the bills as according to axios so the bills are as follows the first one is called the american innovation and choice online act 
It was led by Democratic Representative David Ciceline of Rhode Island, who helms the antitrust subcommittee, and Representative Lance Gooden, who is from Texas. It is meant to prevent dominant companies from unfairly disadvantaging rivals, such as preventing smaller companies from establishing their own prices for goods. This is basically just targeted at Amazon. I don't know if y'all remember last year during the antitrust hearing where Amazon had to go to Congress, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and Google had to go to Congress. And one of the things that they were accusing Amazon of is the fact that Amazon wasn't allowing smaller people to go to other platforms and sell their products for cheaper. Amazon, basically, if you did that, Amazon would just blacklist you, which you will still be on the site, but Amazon would just basically suppress and wouldn't show the results for your product on the website. So that's one thing. That's the first bill that's directly aimed. Just That, that one is just like, this is all about Amazon. The second bill that they uh, unveiled, it was last week, Tuesday, is the platform platform not last week Tuesday it was over the weekend is the platform competition and opportunity act which was led by representative Hakeem Jeffries and it bans major online players from buying competitive threats the bill is also supported by representative Ciceline Nadir Buck you know what? We're not even going to go through all these names. Basically, lawmakers are aiming to stop the practice of big tech companies from buying up rivals that they see as a threat. Just think of when Facebook bought Instagram and also bought WhatsApp. Basically, when Facebook did that, it just did that because it made it wanted to make sure that Instagram didn't take over Facebook, which Instagram now is more popular than Facebook. So Facebook knew that was coming and they were like, you know what? We're not about to allow that to happen. So basically, this is to protect protect smaller companies to ensure that smaller companies can grow to be something bigger and maybe challenge the dominant factors of these other companies. This one is a typical, this one is more of what we think about when we think of monopolies, when we think of businesses becoming monopoly and just basically using their size to ensure that there are no other threats against them. The third bill that they unveiled is the Ending Platform Monopolies Act. And it was supported by uh, Representative Cicelyne. You know what? I'm not going through all these people's names. You can go. I'm going to put a link down in the show. And you can go see who, all the people who proposed this bill. But anyway, it is focused mainly. This is like focused on Amazon. The idea of this bill is that by, it makes it illegal for companies to both own the platform and offer competing services on it as well. This also can focus on Google and YouTube as lawmakers say that the search engine can not own a video service that has incentives to favor its results under the terms of the bill. So this is another one that's basically like targeting Apple. I mean, targeting things like Apple, targeting companies like Google, targeting companies like uh and Amazon as well. Think of Apple with its App Store. A lot of one of the things that was being said during the hearings, multiple hearings, is the fact that Apple tends to promote its own services. It tends to promote Apple Music rather than Spotify or promote its own video services over like Netflix or any of these other software that we have to be able to watch all the services online. And so that's what this bill is targeting is to say like, yo, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And if you do that, you're going to have to face some of these threats and this is one of the ways that they're saying like if you do it we're going to be forced to have to break you up but the problem with which we'll get into the problem with all of these bills and some of the things that i have issues with with how the bill is worded and the way that they went about it so the fourth bill is called the access act which is the augmenting compatibility and competition by enabling service switching oh my gosh 
It's a mouthful. But this build I actually like because the idea of this build is meant to increase competition by forcing companies to give comp consumers the ability to switch data between platforms. Just think of how amazing it would be if you could take your data from Spotify to Apple Music and then to YouTube Music or just to be able to move your data around just to be like, you know what? You guys are too expensive. I'm moving over to YouTube Music. You know what? You guys are too expensive. I'm moving over to Spotify. You guys are too expensive. I'm moving over to Apple Music. Just how how beautiful would it be for you to have all your recommendations for you to have all your curated music from when you go from service to service that's one of the reasons that makes it so hard for us to be able to divest ourselves away from some of the services that we use i know for me i've been looking at trying to go into youtube uh red so that i can get youtube music so i can get some ad free youtube because i watch way too much youtube videos and i want to not be watching any ads but the problem is I'm like, I like Spotify too much. Like it knows me so well. I've been using Spotify for the last four or five years. And so it knows all the music that I want. Plus Spotify is cheaper for me right now. It only costs me like $4, five, four to five, uh, what is it? $5 because I still got that student discount, baby. You know, you, we love the student discount, but I still got a student discount, but I'm just trying to prepare for like when the student discount runs out. Am I going to switch to YouTube music just because YouTube music comes with YouTube red, which I wish. I wish YouTube kept that thing separated. How, why did they have, which it makes sense that they did it that way because then they can force me to actually get YouTube music as well rather than just YouTube Red because I would love to just have YouTube Red. YouTube, I want YouTube Red just by itself. I just want YouTube Red. I don't want YouTube music. I just want YouTube Red so I can just skip all the ads. I hate ads. I hate it so much. And I watch so much YouTube that I would love to just have YouTube Red. YouTube, if anybody at Google is listening to me, which why would they? be i just want youtube red can you just separate out youtube red so i can just have youtube red but the point is this uh soft this access act because the name is way too long and i'm not about to say it again this access act is is basically focused on you being able to own your data rather than your data being owned by like facebook and owned by like google and owned by all these other companies that own our data and then the last one which is the merger filing fee modernization act is supported by you know i'm not again i'm not saying all the names but basically it would give enforcers agencies more teeth and resources by requiring higher fees for mergers valued at one billion dollars or more and this one is basically to make companies this one is kind of attached to the other one when it talks about you know merging two companies together and basically it's like if it's a com two comp competing services and you want to start filing all the paperwork to go through all your mergers, you're going to have to pay a very pretty penny for us to file all these things, which basically it will be taking money out of the pockets of companies to to fund the police. Just think about it. It will be like crooks paying the police officers for the police officers to go arrest the crooks. It's a crazy concept, but basically that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it harder for these companies to actually start to not compete against each other but rather merge which is one of the many ways that companies just kind of be like you know what it'll be better for us to just combine services rather than us competing against each other which kind of slows down growth slows down competition and it's not good for the economy as a whole rather it's better for two companies to be competing against each other and clashing all the time trying to take market share from each other rather than just com combining which slows down the rate of competition and slows down the rate of growth and change so Basically, these are the five um, bills that were unveiled. I think it was earlier this week or last week that were unveiled. And it was just basically like, we're coming for you. They're finally like, this was the first time in a long time where we've had a bipartisan agreement on something. I mean, when was the last time that two sides of Congress actually were like, you know what? 
we agree with them and we want to take this thing further and we want to talk about this thing a little bit more to figure out what we need to do as far as this whole issue is concerned we've not had that in a very long time so it's good we actually had this however however i have a few bones to pick with this first these bills to me are way too specific these bills are way too specific. One of the things that I noticed when I was reading, it's not in this article, but in another article that I was reading, one of the things I noticed immediately was there was a cap. It said that in, in a lot of these bills, they put a cap of the companies have to have at least $600 billion market cap or more. In other words, this is literally just focused on big tech. And it's not a, it's not a diverse enough baseline for setting the new standard of what antitrust is going to be moving forward it doesn't help us when other companies come along the way that don't fit this specific type of issue or doesn't fit this specific situation and that's one thing that i don't like about this bill or these bills it's way too specific it's way too specified i get the idea of what they're trying to do i get the idea of what they're trying to put into place to ensure that these companies don't just keep running roughshod all over the place but it feels like these bills are very much retroactive it's like trying to take care of issues that happened in the past rather than trying to make sure that these situations don't happen again in the future and trying to put things into place it feels like we're playing we're not trying to get ahead of the situation we're just trying to play catch up and we're always behind when it comes to these kind of things so i don't like the bill and the idea of the bill in that aspect also the other problem i had with it if we talk about one of the bills which is the platform competition opportunity act i don't like this one because this bill can also refer to companies like walmart who, which walmart has their great value brand which they sell in walmart as well and so they're competing against other brands now the difference is kind of different uh, different because unlike in amazon where amazon can basically put its result at the very top walmart just has to hope that when you walk in the store you're going to compare the two prices and then pick one rather than the other or pick their brand rather than the other brand where on amazon and online they you know they can finesse things and play with things in the backdrop where we don't really know about it which is what they've been accused of doing multiple times which is basically they take the data of sellers sellers and then say oh this product sells really well we're gonna make our own and not only are we going to make our own version of that we're also going to take that information and put our research whenever anybody searches for this stuff our stuff is always going to be right on top which is what they're really coming against amazon for but again it goes back to this bill is it's way too specified and it's just I, I just don't like the way that they went about it there was one other thing that they said that i just it just doesn't have the flexibility that was the last thing i was gonna i was gonna say is it just doesn't have the flexibility of what we should be having for antitrust bills one of the reasons that we're changing the old antitrust laws is because the old antitrust laws just doesn't play as well of a role as it should for our current climate but putting these kind of antitrust bills into action also is not going to do what we need for future and future and future companies and future issues that may arise when we talk about this stuff but anyway that's basically the idea of how they're trying to play against the um against big tech and how they're trying to take big tech down and control big tech moving into the future and now the other part of this that just got announced actually earlier today or was it yesterday i can't remember when but it was announced that the white house just appointed 
Khan, Lena, the White House just appointed Lena Khan as the federal chair uh, of the FTC chairman, as the chair for the FTC. If you don't know what the FTC is, it's the Federal Trade Commission. And this has been one of the organizations that has been zeroing in on all the big tech companies to really attack them. Now, you might be saying, who exactly is Lena Khan and why should you care about Lena Khan? Well, Lena Khan is a former Columbia Law professor known for her stance that Amazon retail business should be separated from its platform. This shows that the that Biden and the White House are very, very serious about doing something with anti antitrust when it comes to big tech and all these companies that have all these monopolistic powers moving into the future. So if you want to learn more about Lena Khan and learn more about how she came to where she is now, there's a link in the show notes where you can go read a little bit more about her. Moving on from there, uh, American workers are using the timing of the pandemic as once as a once in a lifetime opportunity to push back against employers and demand higher wages. According to Axios, the 2010s gave us the gig economy and left millions of workers stranded seemingly forever on the precipice of financial ruin. However, the pandemic has added has aided in changing that a good bit. Also from Axios, the number of unfilled jobs continues to grow, about 9 million job openings as of right now. The size of the workforce is stagnating and workers are starting to flex their muscles whether or not they will ha- whether or not they have formal union representation according to new york according to the new york fed labor market survey the minimum a worker without a college degree is willing to accept for a new job is about $61,483, which is a $10,000 increase in just one year. This is the highest we have seen in history, the highest jump from year to year as far as salary increase that we have seen in history. With the stock market booming, pandemic stimulus checks means doled out to everybody and easier unemployment benefits, workers are able to pick and choose more of where they want to work. And I am here for it for the longest time employers have had the stronger hand in labor negotiations and they have pressed their thumbs on employees for a long time since about the 80s era mind where it's basically been the mindset of you should just be happy that you have a job in a capitalist society this is not good a price of labor is supposed to be negotiated on equal footing but as we all know equal footing isn't exactly something that capitalism is good at it's whoever has the most power will always dominate in that region and capitalism is the idea that we exploit every weakness that there is to ensure that we have the lowest prices possible and we ensure that we make that the cost of capital is as cheap as possible and one of the most expensive costs of capital is employees is labor and if if any company can find a way to navigate that to ensure that they're bringing their costs down they're always going to take it over but after the pandemic it seems like this is changing a little bit and now workers are using the power that they have to basically pressure employers to pay them more which is why we're going to see for a short while actually moving into the future we're going to see inflation tick up for some of the things that we are having to pay for i mean chipotle announced that they're increasing prices about four percent because wages are going up which to them like four percent is not that much like so what my my chicken bowl that cost me 650 now cost me like seven dollars not even seven dollars like 675 like yo i'm cool with that like i'm very much okay with my chicken bowl costing me a little bit more if you're going to pay people a livable wage like it's not that big of a deal which when i saw the announcement from chipotle it was kind of funny because i the ceo was talking about like yeah wage inflation is going to cost us to actually increase our prices and i was like yo my guy you got paid 
$38 million last year. What are you talking about? Say wages are the reason why we're having to increase the prices on Chipotle bowls. Like, my guy, like, don't, don't play us. Like, I know the general public probably doesn't know, like, your numbers and your salary. But every, those of us who pay attention, we know. Like, if you took a, a slight salary cut, I'm pretty sure you won't have to raise the prices on your bowl. But you and I got to take that slight pay cut. Just like I wouldn't take the pay cut either. I want to make as much money as I want to make. But the point remains that don't come out here and telling us that, yeah, you know what we have to increase it because of wage and flag come on my guy like we know what's really going on in the background however he has done an amazing job with chipotle though so i can't really fault them for paying him because at one point chipotle was going down the drain they appointed him a ceo he turned the thing around and now chipotle is flying high so you know he did a good job and now he's getting compensated for it that's just how the game works but you know it's still funny just when you sit back and you hear him talk about it you're like dog like come on now like your paycheck alone can cover so many people just taking a slight pay cut but you know i'm not gonna ask anybody to take a pay cut because don't come asking me to pay take a pay cut either because i would make all the money that i can make so i, I can't even fault people for trying to make as much money as they can possibly make in this life but anyway moving on from there actually continuing on the tone of workers workers are now willing to leave this is another thing that's playing a big role with how we're seeing how little workers are in the workforce Workers are also willing to leave their current job post-pandemic. According to a Prudential's, a Prudential's latest Pulse of American Work survey conducted by Money Consult in, Consult in March, about 26% of workers plan to leave their current position, which is the highest level of worker resignation in over two decades. The number is 34% for millennials who make up the majority of the workforce currently. Two reasons that are driving the move. One, job growth. A lot of people during the pandemic were able to take that time to learn new skills, to be able to develop themselves, and to be able to say peace out to living a lifestyle that I don't like to live. And then the second one is a lot of people realize that moving into the future after the pandemic, they said, whoa, my job is on the line. I need to get new skill sets to ensure that I protect myself for anything that happens in the future. So a lot of people are reskilling themselves. And as they reskill and retool themselves, they're going to other position. Job growth on one side of being like, you know what? Y'all had me for a long time. Y'all didn't pay me for what I was worth. So you know what? This other company wants me. I'm going over there and they're going to compensate me rightly. The other one is a lot of people are like, yo, this pandemic just showed me that my job is at risk for any single thing that may happen. I'm going to learn new skills, develop myself better, and then do something to advance myself in the future. So those are two reasons why a lot of people are just like, I, I quit. I'm going to do something better for myself. So, and I, I, like I said earlier, there's over 9 million job openings, but there's only about 7 million people that are unemployed. Oh, and one other thing. During the pandemic as well, a lot of people were able to start their own businesses in order to just put food on the table. They started a business and now that business has been booming. And so they're like, why would I go back to working for somebody else when this has been taking care of me and my family? So that's another thing. But one other reason why a lot of these positions have not been filled just yet is child care. Child care is still a problem for a lot of families, but as schools start to reopen in the fall, in the fall, I expect to see a lot of workers, a lot of workers head back to work in the fall. I don't know why I said that the same exact way three times, but anyway, that's just one thing you people have to just keep up with because your boy is the one talking and it's a rambling mind episode and you know, you never know what you might get when you listen to me on the podcast. Now let's talk about some extras. The first thing is this week or e 
this week started on Saturday was E3, which once upon a time in the past, I used to watch E3 so much. Like when I was in college and in high school, literally me and Kenichi, my best friend, we used to literally just be like sending each other game clips. Like, yo, did you see this game? My dude, did you see this game? Like, bro, this game is going to be epic. But now we're grown up and life has gotten in the way. And, you know, we don't really play video games that much anymore. And it's just, it's just sad, man. I don't know why. Why do we want to be adults? Like, why do we crave trying to be adults? Like, what's, what's the point? What's the point? It's just like, ah, it's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, I'm trying to handle business. He's in med school right now. He just finished taking a step one exam. Congratulations to him. He will succeed in Jesus name. But, um, we just, you know, we're just talking like not, we're all grown up. We're thinking about the future. My guy going to get married soon. Yo, you going to get married soon. He going to get married soon. So it's, you know, you have different priorities all of a sudden. And uh, we just, we just are not into the same game in life that we once upon a time were. And it's just, it's slightly sad, man. It's just, it's kind of sad. But anyway, one of the things that I saw from this E3 weekend, or rather I didn't see it. I was reading a news article and I read about it and I was like, Microsoft done won the gaming wars. Yes, Microsoft may have lost the console wars, but Microsoft definitely tried to win this gaming wars because Microsoft announced during E3 that they are going to finally be making Xbox Game Pass be available on all kinds of devices. That is anything from your smart TV to your smartphone to basically anything to your web browser any device will be able to play Microsoft video games on anything. This is an article that I read about it. Microsoft is expanding Xbox Game Pass, a subscription-based gaming service to third-party smart TVs, as well as streaming devices it plans to build in the future. The move takes Game Pass beyond the Xbox console and could accelerate, accel accelerate, accelerate the industry shift to a cloud-based approach. It won't require anything more than a controller to play on your smart TVs. Man, people been sleeping on Microsoft. How many times I gotta tell y'all? This is one of the reasons that I'm so bullish on Microsoft. One of the things you have to know about gaming is gaming has grown to be over a 1.4. Actually, let's see. Down here it says Xbox Game Pass has, has over 23 million subscribers in April 2021, up from 18 million reported just in January. Look at the numbers. Ugh. With Microsoft's resources and Xbox library of first and third party content, it stands in prime position to lead the way in, in the quickly growing $1.4 billion cloud gaming market. Everybody is sleeping on Microsoft. Like people don't even think of a Microsoft whenever they talk about the big four. I mean, literally, we just talked about all the big tech companies. You know, the one company that I didn't mention, Microsoft. Everybody talks about the Fang. They remove, they put Netflix. Netflix, literally Netflix rather than Microsoft. Like my goodness, like are y'all serious? But this is one of the reasons why I have been so bullish on Microsoft. And then to see them actually making this move, Microsoft knows what they're doing. Microsoft knows what they're doing. Now it doesn't matter if you don't have the $500 to buy a new Xbox Series X console, you can just have it on your TV. Ease of access is everything. The easier it is for people to be able to jump on and play on a certain platform, the more people are going to be willing to actually play on that platform. So you know your boy is excited about this. Ooh, 
quite as good. And also for me, as a as just a selfish thing, I'm excited for this just because me and my boys may finally be able to start playing again. Maybe when we don't have to worry about like signing in, trying to figure out what console we're gonna play on. A lot of games are now cross console. I'm just gonna pick my thing up. It may not be the best play. It may have a lot of latency, but just for a fun experience and just for a short time, just you know. I want to get back into gaming. I, I need to get back into gaming. I need to find a way to get myself back into gaming. Like, for real, for real. But now let's finish out this podcast episode with the last few things that hit my list. It feels like every week nowadays, there's someone paying a ridiculous amount of money for something. This week, it is someone paying $28 million to ride with the Bezos brothers into space. There was an auction over the weekend for the third seat in the Bezos, in Bezos Blue Origin uh, spaceship. And the prices started at $2.3 million and went all the way to $28 million. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. There is too much damn money in the system. If y'all want to donate to something like my housing fund, yo, I need the money. I really do need the money because housing prices ain't trying to come back to Earth. They're still in Mars. And, you know, just, just, just help us out. Like, you know, I'm just saying. So much money just flowing. Over the weekend and throughout the month of June, we will have Euro 2020. Y'all knew I couldn't go this long without talking about this. And yes, I said 2020 because the tournament was supposed to be last year. And they were like, yo, we already have all the memorabilia. We already have all the balls. We already have all the stadiums. We already have all the signs. We ain't about to go back and start putting 2021 and all these things. But during one of the games over the weekend, Christian Eriksen collapsed. It was later revealed that he suffered cardiac arrest cardiac arrest during the game and was literally gone but he was thankfully resuscitated and is now in stable condition so we just thank god for him and that he's safe and i pray that everybody else is safe because that was i was watching that game and you just see like it was a throw-in oh my god it was a throw-in and he the ball got thrown in and you see him move and he just went limp and he just boom hit the floor and you saw all the players like screaming like get on here get on here Thankfully, there was people around him and people that were able to rush to him and resuscitate him because he was, the doctor said that he was gone. But anyway, moving on from there. And to just speaking about Europe once again, a shrinking town in northern Croatia called Lagrad is selling houses for 15 cents. Yeah, you want a house for 15 cents? However, as we all know with all these things, there's always a catch. In order for you to buy the house, you have to live there for 15 years. Lagrange once the second biggest population center in the Croatian territory has suffered a steady decline since the disintegration of the Austro-Hungarian Empire a century ago, where new borders left its sidelined. The town has just over 2,200 inhabitants, half of the number it has, uh, half of the number of people that lived there in over 70 years. And then just the, I think this one is a celebratory note because on Tuesday. The U.S. Senate voted to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. If you don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth, quick backstory for you. After the emancipation of slaves by Abraham Lincoln in 1862, it took another two years, two and a half years, for Union troops to advance throughout the South to enforce the ruling. On June 19, 1865, General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas, proclaiming freedom for all slaves. Many people, especially those like myself with the darkest skin hue, see this as the true day of independence. Now it just needs to pass in the house, which is probably going to 
which is probably going to do and Biden's signature on the bill and it will be officially the 12th federal holiday here in the United States. The holiday will be known as Juneteenth, National Independence Day. And the final thing that we'll talk about today, and I think the most important thing that I've talked about all day today, Girl Scouts have a surplus of 15 million boxes of cookies. And all I want to know is, who knows somebody in the Girl Scout that could hook me up with like, maybe like 50, maybe 100 boxes of these things, some samosas, some, some uh, what they call them things, some s'mores. I don't like thin mints, but my sisters do. So, you know, hook me up with some s'mores, some lemon, some lemon, whatever those lemon things are. Some people like them. I'm just getting get them for them. And, you know, just hook a brother up. Like, if you know somebody who knows 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 another person with a person who knows a person to the other person that can hook a brother up with some of these cookies, like, let's just let me know. Like, don't let these cookies go bad. Just, you know, send them my way. Send them my way. Send me these cookies. I could take them off your hand. I'm, I'm just saying, like, for real, for real, send me these cookies. Like, I could I could take them off your hand. I could, I could help you. Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts, send me these cookies. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person that you're just kind of like, eh, about. And by that time, you'd have shared it with every single person that you know. And if you enjoyed it, enjoyed it, leave a review. Even if you hated it, leave a review on any of the podcast listening platforms that you listen to this thing on. I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And y'all boy is out of here. Peace.